morning tip. Good afternoon. It is March 27th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? The Final Four is here, and it is super weird. There are all sorts of stats coming out of all, all the people. Uh, no number ones for the first time in the Elite Eight, even. Uh, this is the second highest uh, seed total uh, since 20, uh, 2011. If you asked me before, I, I was initially, I was running this in my head, as saying before the season started, but I'm saying if you would talk to me on Selection Sunday and said, hey, throw out some guesses on who you think is going to be in the Final Four, it would have taken me forever to name one of these teams, let alone to name all four of these teams. All right, so we got to talk about not only just the randomness of that, and then there's always madness, right? We expect it, right? This is kind of why we invite everybody to join the tournament here is that they, we don't really know what's going to happen. Even if you think you know what's going to happen, you're wrong. There's no way to predict this. It's, it's a, it was a messy day on day one, a lot of crossing out immediately. But just to recap the route, the journey of all of these teams, you got FAU who beats number eight Memphis, right? They beat Memphis in the first round by one point, 66-65, this could easily be over day one. This is they're in the final four. This could easily be over there was day a, one. There was the jump ball call. There's a lot of things in a one point game. A lot of things could happen. Anything could have happened. They advanced to the second round nonetheless as a nine seed over an eight seed Memphis, and they are rewarded by playing number sixteen seed. Number sixteen seed. When do you ever hear that? Number sixteen seed in the second round. Now you know I give them credit. We're going to talk about them a little bit in their own segment here, but just to say like. This isn't your normal journey here to the Final Four, right? There, there is a couple teams that maybe had a little closer journey of that, but you know, then they go on to beat number four, Tennessee, number three, Kansas State. All right, that's legit. That's fine. SDSU, let's go through that. Number 12, Charleston. Number 13, Furman. They they take down Virginia. That's, that's unusual. I'll give them credit for this, though. They did beat Alabama, number one. I think arguably the number one over everyone else in that's very, very impressive. They're impressive in that. And then they get number six, Creighton. So your opinion on that is like how how good is a number six seed? You know, they, I think this was a sneaky team. Everyone had, you know, making some noise in the tournament here, but maybe weren't like nobody was arguing that they should be better in a six seed, I don't think. I didn't hear that. All right, on to Miami here. They, they face number 12, Drake, and then they go on to number four, Indiana, number one, Houston, and number two, Texas. That sounds like a pretty legit schedule. That's the only pick I got right. It's the only one I'm proud of. We're going to talk about how messy our brackets and our challenge against each other is in a little bit here. All right, last one here. UConn takes on number 13, Iona. Remember, that had a lot of sneaky noise about maybe a possibility of a upset there with Patino and a whole all that doesn't happen. Number 13, Iona, round one. Round two, number five, St. Mary's. Round three, number eight, Arkansas. And number three, Gonzaga to finish it off here. Zach, out of all of those, which one of them sounds like the hardest journey or the journey that you thought was most impressive i think the, the the most impressive by the by the numbers is miami but it's not just binary it's got to be yukon because they have not played one close game they were down uh to iona in the first game at the half and so their uh differential since then they've just been blowing teams out if you're a yukon fan like you haven't even got mildly sweaty it's just you come in you know gonzaga it's like okay like they got the big man and they, they just torched them, you know, up 20 points and just absolutely coasting. I, I think Connecticut has by far looked the best. I love that they have the ability to score. There's a ton of things in college basketball that are just not given anymore. Free throws, not given. You know, taking care of the basketball, not a given. Throwing the ball near your own basket, did you know this? Not a given. Just just something that even Oof. at the collegiate level, if, if you were good enough to make it into the 64-team tournament, your 68-team tournament, and yet you're still in day one of basketball. They're telling you never throw the ball near your own hoop. And I watched it happen multiple times. The Creighton one was probably the craziest one where they're just trying to inbound the ball from like a weird spot. And it's being like a perfect lob pass to the defense over the top, shaded to the rim. Easy layup. Yeah, if it was reversed, if, if a guy on his team had been throwing it in, I don't think he'd have thrown it in that well. Too. No, I don't think you could have even with like three tries. That doesn't happen. But th these silly things happen all the time. Clock management, press management zone management these are all wrinkles i've seen get thrown at teams or teams will just throw at you at any time and if your team's not ready for it or if you hesitate a little bit because a lot of the times the hesitation is the trap of it all is that it's going to waste time for you to figure this out and we're just basically just stalling right now until you figure out how to beat the zone 
we're going to stall an extra five minutes out of all this where you just throw your entire offense off. This happens all the time in college basketball. I, I've watched this happen so many times throughout it. I wish I could give you so many examples, but we didn't do a podcast last week, and I don't think we should go breaking down each game here. But is there is there any particular play that sticks out for you that you're, you're going to kind of remember of the tournament? Uh, it was unfortunate, but uh, for, for Virginia, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I wish I had prepped a little better and remembered it. Uh, clock's winding down, or it's not even really winding down, but he gets stuck on his own baseline, and he did what was, was sort of good of well, just throw the ball towards the other team's hoop. Way away, but there was way too much time. And like I said, I can't remember that guy's name, but it's the same guy his rookie year that uh, he made the incredible pass for the game-winning shot against Purdue, which led to the Virginia championship. So you would think it would be a reverse. As a rookie, you make a boneheaded play, and then you make the awesome, can't-believe-that-happened play. But for him, it was uh, was reversed. So that's one of the plays that definitely uh, sticks out to me. It just wasn't ex- wasn't a uh, actual buzzer beater, but just an absolute dagger. It might as well have been a buzzer beater. First of all, Virginia has the ball. There's seven, eight seconds left. They're on the baseline. They inbound the ball. Furman is pressing them. They're, Furman is losing, so they're pressing aggressively because, yes, they're losing. They're begging for you to turn over the ball, but at the end of the day, if you're Virginia, just hold on to the ball. You're winning. The other team has everything you want. Is If you don't give it to them, there's nothing they can do about it. To throw the ball in the air is is is, is just there's, – there's no advantage gained there. I, I looked at a lot of other scenarios some people played out of maybe he could have – throwing it off one of the other guy's foot, but then it's like you risk throwing it a little bit at your own basket. This was maybe the worst scenario because not only not only does it go to the other team, but it sets the other team up for a perfect transition three, a perfect transition three, just to wrap up the whole season on on one little play like that. Oh, that was a that was a tough one. The only thing I will say is I did pick Furman correctly in two brackets out of the three I filled out. This is one of the very few picks I'm proud of. There's so many, so much red ink all over there. That that for sure sticks out. Um, the other thing that sticks out for me is the big man, and, and just the difference between team to team here. Where I'm watching a team like SDU, San Diego State, who's just Mensa is dominating, just incredible against number one Alabama. These guys are driving to the rim. He's affecting every single shot. He's blocking a lot of shots. He's not fouling. It's hard in college, I think, to to not not foul. Like I, I think those are the good defenders in college, the guys that don't foul. I think we credit a lot of the. The guys that overpressure and you know are really aggressive and have the big blocks and all that. I, I just think Mensa has been so complimentary to that team and, and part of the huge success they've had. On the flip side of that, you know Purdue number one. What do they got? They got a seven four kid. He, he he's he's been a big deal. I mean, it was Pro- good enough. Most likely national player of the year. Good enough to be a number one seed in the tournament here, and they're playing. I, I mean, I already forgot. Was it Fair Dickinson? Yes. Which. You didn't know this going in. There was really no reason to know this. This is just a weird fact that they, they kind of let me know during the game that they are statistically the shortest team in the tournament. And here you have Purdue, who's been carried this entire year by this giant monster, and it and it just doesn't work out. Not only did it not work out, it was it was awful. It was it was like I, I laughing at everyone in the entire season that lost to Purdue. Of like maybe you should just went small. I, I'm not sure if it was the the strategy or if it just caught them off guard, or maybe maybe just the pressure got to them. I mean, do you? Do you have an explanation here? Like, it, what is the big man worth, really, though? Because I, I look at how effective it was at SDU, and I look how ineffective it was for Purdue right now. Is, is, am I crazy for realizing the yin and yang of this? And, and don't forget, uh, St. Peter's started their uh, run last year by beating uh, Kentucky, but they also beat Purdue with that had Zach Eady last year. So this is the second year in a row that you have like the biggest guy. You figure, okay. We could get tripped up by teams in the power conferences. You know, they're going to come up with a good strategy. But, you know, these small schools, there's just no way. You know, you're the biggest guy you got is 6'9". How? He's going to, you know, get fouled. But down the stretch of that, Purdue just kind of kind of panicked. I think Purdue was a, a better team last year. Uh, they, they had Jaden Ivey, so that's not – I don't think it's a far stretch to, to say that. But they were still – they were a good team this year. And it was just that second half and definitely down the stretch – they just didn't get it to Zach Eady. I just don't – I understand that they were trying to the, – the, Fairly Dickinson was selling out on that, and that's kind of what they had to do. But I'm thinking, you get it into the big man. Make sure he is deep in the post and just let him operate. But they, they just 
the guards just couldn't get it to him. They panicked. Everybody panicked on that. There, there was no, no adjustments made. Just, I think when you're a number one seed, you're you're stubborn to some degree, and I and I, I think you gotta be that saying, why are we adjusting to the team that's a 16 seed? But at some point, you gotta adjust to what the 16 seed's doing because you lost the game. Like it, it was there, and you you just you blew it, <laughs> and it's over just like that. It, it's it seems like they maybe they had their eyes focused a little bit farther ahead, <laughs> which is funny because. They would have played FAU, who's in the Final Four now, and, and it probably yeah. would have probably would have went out went the way you would have thought anyway. So uh, maybe, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. I, although I don't think you ever want to be a, a one seed going down with a sixteen. Do you think this is something that's going to start happening a little bit more? I mean, it wasn't too long ago that Virginia did it, and it was a really long time. It basically never happened before that, U- to my knowledge. UMBC, UMBC did it to Virginia. Yeah, I, I I think it's more of I remember Virginia losing and Purdue losing. I'm not going to remember the team that yeah. won. Oh, I will. Okay, well, that you're far more the, the college basketball fanatic of it. I, I'm much more haunted of the. All right, so we don't ever pick Purdue again, just like we never pick Arizona again, and we never pick Kansas again. Like these, these are all the teams. And we talked about this in the last podcast. So I have these certain teams, and I see them at certain seeds, and I and I gain more confidence off of it, and I lose more confidence on it. I can never guess right with Kansas. It's never never ended well. Arizona's the same one. If they're a one seed, I generally don't like them, and this year I I, I fought it. And I, and I advanced Arizona a little bit farther as a two seed. They ended up losing in the first round to Princeton. I, I don't know what happened with Arizona because this year they were good. Uh, well, like them and uh, UCLA in the in, in the Pac-12. I, I was like, oh, I think Arizona. I, I like the, the the makeup of their team, but I, I watched that final four minutes and they just absolutely panicked. Like taking tough shots, not playing smart. Nobody like wanted the ball. There was not one guy that had any like little bit of uh, what Marquise Noel had, we saw later in the tournament of, get me the ball, I got this. Neither I'm going to make a bucket or I'm going to get you a nice easy layup. Like this, th- There's no way we're losing this. It was just the whole team just um, all of a sudden. And I really didn't see it much this year of just the stage is too big for us. We don't know. It's just an absolute meltdown. I'll give Princeton credit. I think you have to. They, they not only beat number two Arizona in the first round, they advanced to, to another round. They ended up losing to Creighton. Uh, they they beat Missouri in the, in the next round, and that's I mean, that's quite the run by them, a 15 seed there. You don't see that. These, these, uh, this is the uh, either the third time in three years or the third in four years that a 15 seed has made it to the Sweet 16. All right, so now now it's time to break down the tragedy of of our brackets and our and our head to head results that were decided already and, and, and unfortunately decided not even of like yesterday like decided days ago and and that's not only I just think you said it was it was the Creighton yeah it was the Creighton victory that that sealed it for me yep yep that did it that that did it and then you could have had the sweep if Texas had beat Miami which was very much in play and and you yeah, would have up 13 points in the second half it was very much in play. It was it was it was right there for the taking. It would have been a clean sweep. Now that with that being said, you did only you you whooped me in one. I'll give you that. You you, you whooped me in one bracket. We do three brackets every year. It's it's best of three, and I, I think I like doing the best of three because it gives us a chance to pick other teams. It's really hard to just zero down on one bracket, and this can happen in so many different directions. That if you want to stagger it, that's on you. If you want to go for a clean sweep, you pick a lot of the same, and you're you're in the same jeopardy. But that that's up to you. That's your strategy. So that, that's kind of why we go with the three here. That being said, you definitely whooped me in one. I beat you by one pick in the podcast one, and you beat me by one pick in the high stakes, high rewards. Now, the numbers this year are, like, give everyone their money back. Nobody is a winner in this. You all put up some real sad numbers. In the podcast league right now, our winner, if UConn loses and just doesn't win ever again this year, Ed will win with 66 points. His last correct pick will be Miami advancing to the Final Four. The final four itself and the finals will have zero impact unless you are two people in the bracket. If you are Joey Osborne and UConn loses in the finals, you will win the podcast bracket. If you are Forrest, this is a name, yes, Forrest, and UConn wins the championship, you will you will come back from, I think, 13th place right now and win the podcast bracket because those are the only two possibilities left. They're the only two moves that are played that can be played on the board. So if UConn doesn't win or advance or make any noise right now, Ed's going home, big-time winner at 66 points right now, which is maybe one of our lowest scores winners ever. And, and it's 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 not anything to the shame of Ed. I think it's a lot more shameful of everyone else who's very far below him. 
uh, anything on the on the podcast bracket you'd like to share here or just the the outcome we're going to spin the wheel in a second so go ahead and take a victory lap uh, you did win i'm going to propose a couple things about the consequences but go ahead go ahead take your victory lap it uh it, it was fun uh kind of taking a look you know round by round and definitely uh you know as soon as you know it flips over and all, all the brackets are live and looking at them and you know, I, I do the three at different points and then kind of do a final check, but I, I kind of try not to necessarily play them off of each other. Uh, but I definitely, I went with uh, Alabama winning, Duke winning, and Houston winning, where you went just all three across the board, Alabama winning. So Alabama was, by uh, I shouldn't say by far, I think Houston was actually the, the betting favorite, but I think a lot of people thought Alabama, best team uh, all year so when i saw you had picked alabama just it definitely definitely made me nervous because if alabama wins it's like you're you're tied directly to them and i could just see it as it's like the the hands are just around my throat just choking me as alabama goes farther and farther i I went even Uh, farther i had alabama over kansas in every single one so oh i I don't even think i noticed when it when it when it fell when when the castle fell it took down everything it all collapsed like in like a complete day it was just over of like okay so now it's just on a quirky like final fours of which i I it's hard to take chances on final fours so like on a majority of them i had at least three one seeds thinking well if two of them get there like that's pretty good if just one of them gets there that's pretty good and it, so, what do you what do you think? It's really ballsy to pick a, a a five seed or a nine seed. A nine seed's a toss up on day one. Like, who the hell is picking a nine seed to be in the final four? That's that's real ballsy. I, I don't think it just doesn't have a lot of strategy in there. But you know, any, anyways, you, you were you had some smart picks in here. I, I don't know if there's anything I can particular point out to say like that's what screwed me or that's what screwed you or or, or where the advantage truly was. It was just a really wacky year, and I'm not sure if super it super wacky. I think. I think when we look at it, and between the two of us, we have three brackets, so uh, 12 Final Fours apiece, so 24 picks, and you picked Miami in one of them in the Final Four. So one for 24 on Final Four picks is just, it, it's awful, but it, it's, there was no one, two, or three seeds. UConn at four is the highest seed, and when you're doing these, if, if you're putting in four and five seeds most years, you're going to get crushed. You know, it's usually the, the the way to do it is, you know, some upsets here and there. But by the time you get to the final four, you, you, for sure, a lot of times one lower seed will make it. You know, maybe there's a two seed somewhere. But pretty consistently, it's the, the, the team that ranked the highest. They're ranked the highest for a reason because they're good and they win. But there were so many upsets this year and just, oh, just so, so weird. Now, all that being said, I thought most of the games were, were relatively pretty close. A couple of blowouts here and there, but the – the, the seeding was just a lot of good games. Uh, there's obviously some some places. At some points of the tournament, you start advancing far enough, and if you're not tall and athletic enough, you're just going to struggle, and, and it'll eliminate even, like, the smartest or most veteran of teams. I, I, I thought a lot, like, that's like a Miami team where maybe they could be outsmarted on certain games, but they are also not going to lose to an undersized team because they're, they're just athletic and aggressive, and I think all the Final Four teams are to some degree. Just really, really aggressive, good athletes, not – not truly undersized anywhere, like obviously undersized anywhere. And that's just kind of a huge advantage for everyone to have. All right, so that that's kind of it for the tournament. Uh, Wheel of Consequences. I got it pulled up here. We have th- we have four consequences. There's a couple things we need to talk about, I suppose, with the, 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 the fact that last year's consequences is yet to happen and is probably not going to happen. I had a day. There was a day I was going to go. I, I, I know it makes it sound like I had a dozen days here. I probably did, but I, I really thought I was going to go with Zach one more time in the season, and then that didn't happen. And then the day I did decide to go, you you talked me out of it. You you dragged me to the to the brewery and the distillery that day. Great so, day. It was a great day. I, I think it was worthy for for the the circumstances, especially. I, I don't know how much you want to share about all that, but the it, it was uh it was good timing and for that, and I, I thought that was justified. For that now, now to explain to the rest of the listeners on how I didn't do the bet consequence, and now I'm about to sign up to do another consequence for next year. It just seems a little shaky, shaky ground here. So I'm going to propose the idea that maybe, maybe you just pick the consequence and we don't do the wheel. Or if you want to spin the wheel, that's your choice. It, it is, it is a little drama here, but I think I think it's uh, at this point if you want to combine some things, you want to you know mix and match, you want to make a deal here. 
I didn't do last year's. We can easily do it again, and we can add stuff. We can change stuff. It's kind of balls in your court. You didn't win by much, but you did win. So what 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 are you thinking here? So here, here's what I, here's what I'm thinking because the the plan was that we were gonna do the skiing thing together, and you know you you had mentioned uh, I think before on the pod like there are some like just like logistical things. And it just like another person there would be fine. And it just we went skiing once. There was expect- expectation we were gonna go more. Uh, that didn't happen. And so it's just like we're, we're forcing this. Like we should go make it a whole thing. Uh, then I that way I can really enjoy the punishment. Uh, you know, I was I had to do the punishments from afar when you were living in San Diego. And the videos are fine. But it's just like hey, if we could be in the same area. So I'd let you know. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago of you know don't force this. I- I'm not gonna be you know badgering you like uh hey you haven't done it you haven't done it it's like we'll do it next year uh so i was thinking for this year for this year's punishment i i don't want to pick you know we kind of came up with some some ideas you know we gotta we got a little shaky and actually locking them down so here's what i'm thinking i'll throw out to you we will spin the wheel but what we'll do is i'll let you right now take one of them off but you have to double the chances for another one Oh no, no! I, I think I'd rather just keep it as is and just. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I, you you, you well, don't want that. Option. Well, hold on. That's which one? Which one's like the obvious double down? Like you, you. I don't know. Could you imagine having to do the I, bowling thing twice? Like I'm just. No, 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 no! You wouldn't have to do it twice. No, I'm saying. Uh, oh, to go on the board twice. Of, it goes on the board, so it'd be like you'd have a fifty percent chance of that one coming. You'd have to do that one. I really don't want to do the dinner for two with stuffed animals. Like that's just like I, I, the 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 rock thing too. That that's that's strange. Do, do we need to define a little bit more details on this if we are going to do the elimination thing? Like what 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 size rock? And like is this pocketable? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the yeah, it's definitely pocketable. I'm gonna say like uh like a little bit smaller than your fist. So it's not like it's not a pebble. It's definitely a rock. It doesn't have to be like a sharp rock. It could be just like, is it? Like, a, I'm just thinking like it like it would fit in the like it would fit in the palm of your hand. Is it a thin so rock? It's like it's is it like a phone, like a phone size. I was thinking more rounded, but I mean, <laughs> what's that in your pocket? <laughs> don't mind me. Just my pet rock. I bring it everywhere. You yeah. Don't? Yeah. Exactly. I I feel like it should be. I feel like you should like tape a podcast sticker or something like to this rock, and every time I someone's like, "What the hell is that, man?" I'd be like, "Ah, it's 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 this." It's you're just... you're welcome to engrave the rock, to put a sticker on the rock, whatever you want to do to decorate it. That that's allowed. That's up to you. All right, and then beer mile circumstances here. Uh, is there no 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 time frame? This is just this needs to be completed. I would say. Uh, you have to make a, a fair effort. You don't have to try to do some something crazy, you know, obviously like like a four minute mile or something, but it can't be like you're just walking. Like you got at least you got like a like a you, you, I think you understand, like just like a fair effort. All right. Four 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 minute mile. I'm I'm much more worried about like the ten minute beer it's gonna take to finish the fourth one. Just no, no. <laughs> um all right, well if if it's the Yeah, no, this is this isn't good. All right. This is the the only problem with these modifications here. That's ah, fine. All right, we can do a little math in our head. I'm not going to re-edit the wheel. All right, I, if you're going to let me, if you're going to give me the allowance, you just, whatever one, whatever one you take off, like don't actually yeah, yeah, take yeah, it yeah, off yeah, of the yeah. wheel. Just yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. We'll, uh, we'll be fine. All right, so I, you know, I'm trying to think of what's the best promotion for the podcast because that's really what the the idea behind all of this was was what what's something stupid we could do that's going to get some attention that'll be like why are these guys doing this? It's like oh. They got the podcast, and maybe, maybe, just maybe they'll click and listen. Just, just maybe. I, I don't like the promotion of me sitting at dinner with two teddy bears. I just, <laughs> I'm not even sure if teddy bears just, are even more it's, appropriate. It's just one. It's just one teddy bear. You, you don't have to go on a date with two teddy. It's a dinner for two, and that just you. You're the one, and the teddy bear is the second. Or it, it, it's a stuffed animal. It doesn't necessarily have to be a teddy bear. I, just, I guess it doesn't have easiest. to be teddy. Yeah, it could, it could be anything. Which the other thing is, I have to acquire one of these. This isn't something that's like, yeah. oh yeah, that's right. I yeah, pl- I wonder if Amazon delivers. <laughs> do I do I have to go to a carnival? Can I win myself a, a prize? Is this going to be expensive now? <laughs> I, that sounds harder. It does sound harder. Right? Maybe we should have some carnival punishment in here. Like you like you have to walk out with like a giant stuffed animal one year. Oof. Ooh, that, all right, mark that down. That'll be a good uh that that could start the list for next year. Yeah, like our uh, 
or or do we do we do we throw that in now for uh... ah, all right all right fine we'll, we'll we'll put it in for next year keep that keep that in the back pocket though the big e is is kind of a, a easy opportunity for something silly like that and it's pretty close to uh like before college basketball starts as well like that september october you're just starting to start to turn that corner man i don't know if i could I don't think I could scam a carny, man. I don't know. Kind of paying somebody $30. Can I just have the stuff thing? I think we'd have to have some sort of limit. Oh, man. Uh, like, you could always spend like, like hey, you, you have to try, and then, you know, the limit is like $150 or something. And then, I don't know, then you have to do something else because you failed. And you don't want to add this in right now? Not right now. I, I don't have it. It's, it's a It's a half baked idea. Yeah, like like we just talked through all the half-baked ideas right now. All right, I'm going to spin the wheel then. I'm going to remove the dinner for two with the stuffed animal, so that will be on there. Okay. And I get to and I have to double down on one of these has to be replace that one. Yes. And I will replace it with the Oh no. <laughs> the the <laughs> the the bowling for for 2000 points, which is just gonna be the loneliest afternoon that my wrist my wrist is gonna hurt at the end of that if this happens it's just gonna be a way you're gonna need a, you're gonna need a train for it you're gonna need to practice ahead of time i'm gonna need so the, that doesn't happen. the the elbow brace like i'm just gonna start with that i'm gonna learn how to bowl with that on i'm, I'm not even gonna yeah, you're, <laughs> you're just gonna be ahead of the game yeah you're gonna want a couple of uh a sessions before that before you do that marathon session all right game on agreed i'm ready yep all right spinning the wheel Is it working? Is it spinning? What's happening? Oh, no. It's the beer mile. Uh, ah, there we go. It was so close to landing on just the, the normal bowl 2,000 points. Oh, it, it had just snuck over the line. I'll send you a screenshot. It's like barely on the line over beer mile. Oh, boy. That's uh, going to be good for, for video. I'm telling you, it was maybe one tick over. Like, if we're doing prices right here, this is like, no, not by Wheel of Fortune. It's like one... One click over on the on the beer mile. Oh man, that was brutal. I, I'm like staring at it, and you're like asking me, like, "Ah, just shut up! I don't know yet. It's, it's still happening in front of me." Uh, <laughs> all right, so the beer mile, it is. It's uh, it's inevitable. You know what? I I will say this. This isn't something that I wanted to do like later in age at all. This this is gonna stay on here so for whatever reason. It's it's. I'm happy to do it now. That's the only bright side of all of this. Uh, you have done this before. Do do you have a beer of choice that you think is uh, is is recommended uh part of the rules is it has to be over five percent so it's not going to be a light beer god damn <laughs> so what did you drink De dems the rules i went with bud heavy i think bud heavy is right at five percent so i would recommend you take a look and you don't go for 5.5 or 5.2 and you stick right to five percent you know no, no need to be a hero Bud heavy sounds good no, I mean none of it sounds good. So rushed and with exercise mixed in. This is, you know, this is like, oh yeah, that sounds appealing. Think no, uh, butt heavy seems seems rational. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll change it up. Who knows? Uh, all right, let's uh let's move on to something else. That's that's in writing. Another another one in the books. Congrats and thank you for everyone who joined the the, the bracket. We'll let you know how it goes out. And I may maybe Ed's gonna be a winner, man. I I'm not saying I'm I'm rooting against UConn, but I'm definitely rooting against UConn and it, that's going to get at the victory. So I, I guess that's, that's how it's going to be. Uh, speaking of how it's going to be, there was a bunch of coaching changes, some during the tournament, some before the tournament and some a little bit after elimination from the tournament here. Uh, any college coaching uh, you want to sum up here? I think we got to talk about the, uh, the, the, the big one, which is Rick Pitino going from Iona and headed to St. John's. It was uh, uh, not a very well-kept secret. He, uh, well, he's been at Iona, I said, this is like the last place I'm going to coach. This is where I want to be. But even though he's older, I think he has felt this whole time that he got railroaded by uh, Louisville, that there's been a ton of other coaches that have gotten in trouble for similar things. Since then, name, image, and likeness has really transformed a lot of how college uh, basketball works. And he's really the only coach that has been fired for this. 
all, all the other ones, uh, you know, Bill Self has been in, in trouble. There's been a, a couple other guys, and it's just been, hey, we're just going to, like, just not give in and just say no. And the NCAA goes, oh, shoot, that's right. Like, we don't have actual power here. So I think that he, for a while now, he's wanted to work his way up. I wouldn't even be surprised if St. John's wasn't his last job and that this was still on a stepping stone to even going higher up. But uh, the, like you said, this happened during the tournament, you know, even after a loss. But, you know, you really had that Iona team in the tournament uh, on, a, on a regular basis, playing really well. Like I said, it was up on UConn in the first half. He will be at St. John's, who plays at MSG. So I've been seeing during the Sweet 16, which was at MSG, him tweeting out, getting people's attention, really utilizing the uh, you know the platform. And I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, marriage, and uh, I think it's you know it's going to take a little bit to build it up. But St. John's has not been great for a while, so I think Rick Pitino, I think he, he can really make a difference there. Well, you you talk about the the punishments and the consequences of whatever did or didn't happen. I I, I couldn't even confirm anything at, at this point. It's, it seems like it's so so long ago. But the the repair of you know you start not where you wanted to start you end up where you didn't want to be and you, you, you get your he way was coaching in greece man you get your way back he, he up got, man. he got all the way out you get your way back in you make a little bit of noise and i i think their strategy every step of the way every single decision i i i think he's i think he's i still think he's a good coach i, I don't know if anyone's truly taken that away from him I, I think there's some some things you cannot like about him i'll give you that but i think there's some things you might not like about most college coaches and most sports and that's their that doesn't mean they're not really good at their job. The MSG thing, though, this is I think this is a huge strategy of just how can I get in New York? How can I get some more eyeballs on me? Because I think that one thing he's good at, he's getting your attention. <laughs> you know, he found Every, a way. Everybody knows Rick Pitino. You know, yeah. Co- Coach Coach K last year, uh, you know, Roy Williams uh, the year before, no, no more Jim Beheim, And you're kind of going through, and like I said, not that long ago, uh, Rick Pitino was coaching in – uh, in Greece, you know, for sure, coached in the NBA a, a long time ago. But Rick's one of those guys that you ask someone that's, you know, been around college basketball for a while, like, oh, yeah, I know about Rick Pitino. So he, he's, he's going to keep, you know, new new fans and old fans uh, interested. Yeah, that, it's we'll see. Do you think he'll stay at St. John's? Like, are you? I think you, this is a, a I think this is a few years. And then he makes the, the next jump to the, like, I'm going to call it um, in, like quotes like the real job like uh, like a premiere like this is this is the you don't really get much higher than that more or less than three years more than three more than three years yeah i think it's gonna take him a little while and then i, I this is gonna change overnight obviously him signing up i'm sure there's some recruiting changes do you know where, where like where are they at like i remember st john's being like a decent basketball school for majority of my life but i wouldn't say of recent i, I hear them Throwing out a whole lot. Like, do you? Where would you rank their program right now? Or like, are they? They got a, good, a decent start. Or this is going to be a complete rebuild with Patino walking in. I think it's going to be a complete rebuild. All right. Well, that's that's exciting for them. You know, this this could be the start of something there. It could be the start of something for him. And then I like uh, I like I like St. John's being a good basketball team again, or at least you know being talked about again. I, I think that's a fun. Uh, I remember a lot of tournaments with that, especially old. We, old. we don't have a ton of we don't have a ton of good. Uh, we have no good football. Uh, schools up here and there's not a ton of good basketball programs up here just in the general northeast and you know i'll include new york city in that so something a little bit closer i I think will be interesting cool any other coaching changes uh tobin anderson he was the coach of uh, fairly dickinson and after he got the uh upset he became he filled in so he's he's coaching iona now uh so not too much to talk about there but just mentioning that uh, as well as the uh texas I don't know. I think yeah. it's more because the season ended than the, than necessarily the loss. Um, Rodney Terry was the interim after Chris Beard uh, fired. I think yeah, definitely actually got fired for uh, his domestic abuse. Uh, well, it was accusations, and then they were dropped. So I don't know exactly how you're supposed to to say that, but not not good. So he he was kicked out, and the interim coach he signed a a five year deal. It's it's funny when you just you just saw him on the other team the other day. The, the Petito thing was the game hadn't even started, and, and we're already. The, I feel like they were talking about it on the sideline, like before the game even started. It's like, all right, well, that's. I I never liked the transition of that, but I don't know how I want it to be, and I don't know how you could ever keep things under wrap 
anyways. Like, of course, things are going to leak. As well as how do you keep track? Of, like, who's going to be in charge of the leaks? Like, it's just, it just didn't seem great if you were on the Iona basketball team to be hearing leaks like that going into the tournament, of which you had a decent chance. I, I definitely heard some people picking them over UConn in round one. It didn't happen. But, I mean, even if it's not Rick Pitino, I mean, this, this is constantly happening. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a list that's got 50-plus of, you know, the, who's the, the old coach and who's the new coach. I mean, this, this, this is happening all the time. So I think that's just kind of part of college basketball. I mean, really, really any prof- profession now is, you know, people don't stay someplace forever anymore. It's more likely you're going to be there for a few years and then you're going to move and whatever suits you best. Do you know where that used to be true, where people used to stay much, much longer and had long careers with franchises? The NFL. I feel like that used to be pretty pretty conservative. Like, there would be – if you were really good and you were good on the team, they kept you for a really long time. There wasn't a whole lot of trades and movements and all of that. I feel like this has kind of been of recent where the NBA of Storm has, has just influenced the NFL and player power empowerment, just saying, like, hey, wait a minute. I could just ask my, my way out of here. I could just demand trades. I could just make teams – executives their lives miserable for the whole offseason and get a whole bunch of attention for it I don't know if this is the new NFL that I'm enjoying but as a team that necessarily doesn't is entirely sold on their quarterback with the Patriots right now and hearing that Lamar Jackson is now available I have no idea what the price tag is going to be I also know the trade price tag isn't going to change the dollar price tag that he wants which is the main reason that he wants to trade so you got to swallow that as well I think this is getting closer to a Kevin Durant situation where it's like, yeah, he could demand a trade, and sure, he could demand the contract, but this is becoming more or less an untradable asset, if you ask me, just because of the circumstances. Like, Do you think that team is out there that is willing to pay him what he wants, which is, what, Deshaun Watson money and some, and willing to trade to Baltimore in exchange for this, of which we just had how many other quarterbacks trade, and there's somewhat of a, you know, a trade market set at uh, you know a certain you have to give up a certain amount of stuff I, I don't know I don't know if that team exists out there as well as what, what are you left with what do you mean that you don't think a team out there exists that wants a former MVP in his prime I just don't think the deal works because you're gonna have what, to you're gonna have to pay part him, of the deal well all right well you have to make cap space does everyone have immediately have cap space for Lamar I don't really understand how the cap space works. It seems like if you need it, you just figure it out. And you just sort of say, hey, we're uh, we're going to, you know, that salary that you got, we're just going to turn it into a signing bonus, and now we have cap space. Okay. And then what about the, the trade assets? Because I imagine they're going to demand more than – I mean, I, I imagine the Rodgers deal is going to happen before this. I don't know. That's another one that's just up in the air. So that's going to kind of set the market depending on what Aaron Rodgers costs you. I think Lamar should cost you more. And then we have this awful – Russell Wilson thing of last year getting in the mix and then we have all of these new quarterback contracts getting rolled out with the Derek Carr getting big money and and, and Daniel Jones getting big money there's a lot of teams locked up already and you can't get out of this so I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the market's going to be I'm not entirely sold on him being traded like I, I love the I love the idea of him being on the Patriots but I can't can you imagine the Patriots paying this guy what he wants it's not like he, it's not like we're going to trade for him and say hey by the way we don't do this Sorry, we met, we traded for you. He's like, wait a minute, how did I end up in a place where they're giving me what not exactly what I want? He's going to get everything he wants if he's going to get moved. So we're you just out. Said, Derek Carr and Daniel Jones just got big money. You know who's better than both those quarterbacks? Lamar you wanna, Jackson. You, you want to sign so, and trade them? Can you even do that? No, I'm, no, but I'm saying if that's what the market is set at, then that's what teams you would think would be willing to pay. That okay. This is the level, you know, this is the talent, the money at this talent level. At a higher level, this is what it's going to be. And i got to imagine that's what he's expecting, which makes sense. All right, would it be wild if Carolina got in the mix of all this with the number one pick? And was like, you know what, let's just get ballsy. We, we thought we were all in on this guy or whatever guy we were getting at number one. But now, maybe we played our cards just right and we have something to offer to the Ravens that no one else can offer. It costs us a lot, but at the end of the day, we ended up with a, a sure thing. Because right now, the, the risk of Carolina is, you know, what if you miss at one? It, it's, it's it's a real possibility. It's not like it hasn't. You know, name, like, do you feel confident drafting NFL quarterbacks ever? Unless your franchise is already pretty stable and in a good spot, which if you're at the number one pick, you're, you're obviously not. It's hard to draft these guys and putting them in circumstances to actually be successful. And I, I think Lamar could be successful here. I, I think the... 
you know, this isn't like I don't want to directly compare him to Cam Newton, but there's <laughs> it's not too long ago that they had success with the running style quarterback that I think would be electric for the, the whole fan base. So I, I just I'm playing around with a whole bunch of ideas. The news just came out today. It, it might all just be smoke and him trying to negotiate his way out or. Maybe this is he, like how he locked said in you he requested think he the trade on, on March second. So it seems like this has just been sitting for for three weeks. But it's bizarre because as the news broke, uh, Harborough was doing an interview and was asked, "Do you expect uh, Jackson to be the quarterback week one?" And he said yes. So, like at the same time, it, it just seems like maybe not all the uh, all the parties are talking to each other. Maybe. Also, if you're negotiating, isn't this like exactly what you're supposed to do if you're Lamar? You're supposed to you're supposed to threaten. I want to trade. I don't want to be here. And then they're like, all right, well, we, we're not going to trade you. What do you want? He's like, well, I want the money. It's like, all right, well, here's the money. It's either going to be that or it's going to be like, yeah. OK, well, we got an offer from Minnesota for, for Kirk Cousins and, and three picks. And, and I, like, is that? This this team in Baltimore is in a weird position right now too, where I think if he played much like you saw earlier in last season, they were really good. They're really good when he played the beginning of the year. I mean, did you Lamar see was, how they did when he didn't play? Not not so great. Not 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 so great. And and I think yeah. So that's the question you have to ask: Is does Lamar need the Ravens more than the Ravens need Lamar? I'm not sure. I know the answer to the question because it's such a risky thing. I think Lamar is a little safer of a bet. I am a fan of him. But it's a risk every day with somebody with an injury history. I, I just think this guy, I don't think he's, do you think he's difficult? I don't think so. You know, because I, I, I think normally, like Rodgers, I think it's been difficult. Russell Wilson, I think it's been difficult. Russell Westbrook, I think it's been difficult. Uh, you know, other, other guys that get traded a lot like this, I think they've been difficult. I don't think Lamar's been difficult with this. I think what's been difficult for them is the, the crazy Jedi mind trick that the, the Cleveland Browns did by giving everything to Deshaun Watson, the money, the trade, like that's basically what's happening here where because of the money that he got, Lamar feels like he deserves it. And he does, but this inner, this team in the division Cleveland here, who, who's been terrible, has made so many bad decisions year after year and somehow going to be in a good decision. The best move they've ever made was to overpay a quarterback to put the, the, to put the pressure on Baltimore to not pay their quarterback and then potentially lose them, lose him altogether. Just, <laughs> I don't know how the market worked, but that that's just if you were to do this all over again and your Baltimore scratching your head, be like, how did we end up here? That's kind of a big piece there of of, of the puzzle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What I'm hoping. Are you hoping the Patriots get involved? Like, is this is this something you're interested in? Yeah, I'd be interested. It's not my money. All right. Well, can you imagine it actually happening? I I can't really imagine it happening. I feel like. The, the Patriots historically just haven't made swings like that, but we also had Tom Brady forever, so there was never any reason to do something like this. But I think if even if we, you know, gave up, if, if everyone said, oh, Patriots gave up way too much, they're paying him way too much, I would be more excited if you said going into next year that Lamar Jackson was our quarterback over uh, Bailey or uh, or Mac. I, I think the excitement would be higher. Would you give Mac with, with the trade for Lamar? Sure. We don't need three quarterbacks. Man, I'm I'm not ready for all this. So, so you're saying you want this is going to be our division. It's going to be either Tua or Tom Brady in Miami. I I'm still putting that out there. I don't know why that rumor went out. I don't know why Miami's. I know he lives there, but I, I, San Francisco's right there. Go play for San Francisco. You're not going to play for Miami. Why Why do you want to play against the Patriots? Why do you want to go to Foxborough? Go to New York? Don't Don't do this to yourself. Just either stay retired or go Go to the Niners. Um. Uh, it could be those guys in Miami, Lamar Jackson for the Patriots, Aaron Rodgers for the Jets. Who am I missing? I, I, I blanked on one. Buffalo. And Josh Allen and Buffalo. <laughs> this is going to be our division. Like, it's almost better if we just stay out of this altogether. Like, maybe this is just our tanking area. I see, but the, the, you, you run into – you say the names and you know the names, but, you know, Tua, ton of concussions, could really still be an issue – Tom Brady right now is retired. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, old slash, is not actually a Jet. So Josh Allen is really the only one right there. And that's – so we're like wait, we're even before the – if those guys were there, we did the same thing before uh, last season with the uh, the AFC West, saying, oh, man, look at all these guys. This is going to be crazy. And then it was very much not as crazy. No, no. Derek Carr plays for another team. Russell Wilson has a new coach. 
I mean, I guess the Chiefs are real good. I heard, I heard they won. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you. Yeah, Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> he's I've heard he, he's good. Yeah, he, he's pretty good. And then uh, what it was the Chargers? Well, you know. Yeah. That's a that's just a head scratching season of. Are they good? Yeah, like, right. You, you so <laughs> it's one of those things going into it. You you name the names like, oh, I know these names and everything, but he's like, maybe you gotta take a step back. Yeah. All right. All right. You know, I will say uh, th- this isn't gonna be the greatest take, and this could age terribly, but I. Part of me kind of thinks the Jets are better off with Mike White than Rodgers. But, I, you know, if you want to trade, you want to go all in and you're not sold and you think this is really the solution you need, well, there's only one way to find out. And I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you to find out because I, I don't think he's got much left in it. I'm not real fearful of him. I, I still think he can manage a game and win a game. I just don't think he's the guy you're – he's not the guy – the guy you're expecting is not walking through that door. All right, This isn't MVP Rodgers. It's not coming back, and he's not working – with this weird wish list of receivers that they're doing their best to, to fill in on. But you know, it's like, do you think like Lazard's like anything you're, you're threatened by as a Patriot fan? Like, I'm not scared of that. Like I watched, I watched Minnesota, Detroit and Chicago kind of own this guy for an entire season. And that's both the receiver and the quarterback in Rogers. So I think we're better in all those teams, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to go. All right, let's wrap everything up with a little NBA talk. Uh, listen, anything else in the NFL you want to get to? I just, just nope. guy, big big name request to trade. It's, it's hard not to talk about this stuff. You got you got to squeeze yeah, it in somehow. NBA stuff. All right, John Morant is back from his quote unquote suspension. LeBron James is back after visiting the LeBron James of feet. I believe that was a quote. You, yeah. I thought Simmons had the good joke of like, so who's the Michael Jordan of feet? Just, just in case you have a foot problem, you know, just, uh, just throw that back out there. Uh, th- th- with this results though, uh, they've kind of been weird. Uh, Jock came off the bench for a little bit. That was kind of funky, but LeBron was back and they lost. I don't know. You got to make some more minutes for Reeves over there, but maybe, maybe there's something there. It's AD, uh, AG jams his thumb last night. That's probably a little bit more of the consequence of, LeBron being back, but you know that we're getting down to it. There's about what seven, six, eight games left here for for yep, games, yep. depending on your record. So it's getting real tight. You're going to start and decide probably by next week whether we'll know who's in, who's out, or what kind of seedings everyone's going to be playing for. The playing game is exciting. This is part of the reason the NBA put it in here is that ten teams are going to get in. Four of them are going to play for the last two spots. Uh, flirting around with those four seeds, you want to talk about the East or the West more for the playing game? Uh, let's start with the East. All right, on the East Coast right now, at 8, you got Atlanta. At 9, you got Toronto Raptors. At 10, you got the Chicago Bulls. And then at 7, uh, you got the Miami Heat. I know Miami has been just ruthless the, the whole the whole year, but I part of me would love if Toronto or Chicago could just knock off Atlanta, no problem. I think that'll be the issue. But I don't know how you can get rid of Miami here. Miami seems like the inevitable. They will likely remain as a one seed. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if they lost or if they didn't end up in the playoffs. I don't think they'll end up out. But with the other three, I think you got a little bit more of a toss-up here. I don't love Atlanta. I don't love the body language. I would love to see them lose. I hope they're at home court and lose. I, I just think they need a huge wake-up call, and it's inevitable that I think they're going to make some huge tra- trades over the summer, and that that's just where I think this is heading. And I, and I like what the Bulls in Toronto are doing at this point. I think there's some sneaky teams here. I'm not so fearful of them in the playoffs, but this is much more of the play-in game here. You got a favorite yet out of these? Uh, I'll. I'm gonna decline that question and ask you a question. Which one do you most want the Celtics to face, or least want the Celtics to face? I don't want to play Miami, but unless we're a three seed, man, I don't know how we we find a way around it. Now, you know, all that being said, I I still think that there's there's a chance where we play Miami, and it's like, all right, Kyle Lowry's older and overweight, and Jimmy Butler's just one guy, and Bam's a weird matchup, but you know, we're we're capable of guarding good teams. It's just. There's there's a scenario where Miami can out outsmart us and outcoach us and 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 do some really wacky things and make us look really bad. But I, I think talent level, we we have a lot more and it may just like mount up to the point where it's like Miami just doesn't have the depth, and we just take care of business. I'm hoping that that's that's what happens. It might not happen. Could go the completely other way. I I would if I had to rank them, I I wouldn't want to play Miami and then I wouldn't want to play chicago and then i wouldn't want to play toronto and then i would want to play atlanta out of all of those so maybe trey gets hot one day just bring that on for four games i would love that oh man boston would boo the hell out of him i i agree with you completely on that ranking in that order exactly Uh, i think we would beat any of those teams 
but I think that Miami would just make it an absolute rock fight the same way they did last year, and we would survive, but it would weaken us. And if we're making, hoping to make a deep run, we saw kind of last year, you know, stuff that happens early on in earlier rounds can kind of come back to, to bite you a little bit later. So I would just like to avoid just having to deal with that rock fight. Now, Jimmy Butler. A couple things I can play around here is that Miami is tied with the Brooklyn Nets at six and seven. That could swap. They could get thrown into the mix and we could dodge Miami. Totally, totally possible here. I don't know if the Pacers could still get in at eleven. They're three and a half back. I want to say that's probably probably over here. Un unlikely. But Miami getting up to six and having to go through Philly, I I'd like that a lot more. And us having to deal with whatever the playing game throws us between Brooklyn, Atlanta, the Raptors, and Chicago. I, if, if that happens, that's how Brooklyn ends up out of the playoffs. Like, if Brooklyn wants to make the playoffs, they, they need to be a sixth seed. I don't I don't see them winning a, a playing game. I think that's that's just a weird trap game. Uh, all right, well, that, that's the East here. I mean, is there really a whole lot else to talk about? The Celtics are a mess. We're playing better, but I don't feel great about three, it. Three-game three game win streak. We've been playing uh, tomato cans, but we've been absolutely smacking them with Rob Williams back. And we're within uh, a game and a half of Milwaukee, and we play them on Thursday. So the first uh, the first seed is still very much in play if uh, if we get our act together and make make a strong uh, push to the end of the season. Yeah, no, it's it's there. We'll have a chance. I'm not. I don't think we're gonna get it. I still don't think we'll get it. But we have a chance. We're we're in a position where we had a chance a week ago. I didn't think we'd be in this position. So even with all of the struggles, even with every problem I have with the way we're playing and the terrible offense and turnovers and weird body language on this team uh are we just not tough i don't know we're weird we're a weird team we've won like three we won by 40 points last night yeah all right cool well we should be we, that's shouldn't we beat san antonio like do you want do you want credit uh, for oh absolutely absolutely but it, what was it last week that we lost to houston so you you, you got to give credit where credit's due uh, perks you know? perks set, it up, set us up for that one it's like all right you know we, we didn't get that jo job done but Three in a row. Rob Williams is back. You just got to keep him healthy. And, you know, like I said, just need a strong end. We get the one seed. We'll go from there. All right. On to the West. I got some bold takes over here. I got a lot more bold takes on the West side here. The, the, the East is fine. The East is good. I think there's a lot of good teams in the East. I don't think there's any good teams in the West. I'm, I'm on a new take. I, don't, I think there's trash across the board. I think it's a lock that whatever team comes out of the East wins this. And I would be shocked if it goes more than five games in the finals. Shocked. I think whoever comes out of the East is going to destroy whoever comes out of the West. Because there's not a lot of good teams here, and there's some teams here that even if they do advance, they're going to advance losing a leg each round, and by the time they get to the finals, they're going to have no limbs left. So that's that's my take on the West here. My, my next hot take on the West is I don't think Minnesota, Minnesota, I don't think Memphis is going to get out of the first round, which means if they end up at the two seed, they are going to lose to whoever wins the play-in games here. So the potential teams in the play-in game right now, as of today right now, it is Minnesota at 7, Pelicans at 8, the Lakers at 9, and the Thunder at 10. OKC is one game ahead of Dallas on 11 there. The Warriors are half a game ahead at 6 over the 7 Timberwolves. So still a little, little bit of movement here, but I think every one of those teams there that I just mentioned would beat the Memphis Grizzlies in a first-round matchup. Are you willing to argue against any of them or all of them? Oh, I think the Grizzlies are going to win. They got John Morant back. You know, he, he took his little little break there. Now he's refreshed. They're on a six-game winning streak, and they're, they're going to take care of business. They're going to – they'll be the Memphis TikToks. They'll do their thing, but they're, they're, they're going to win. Well, I just saw Sacramento get smacked by Boston the other day. And, and the thing I keep reading online of everyone's excuse is there was no Kevin Herter. I look. I, oh, huge fan. Of course. Huge fan. Love, love Kevin Herter. Would have loved him on the Celtics. I still would. I still think there's a chance that, that inevitably he may cross our path somewhere down the road, and I will welcome him with open arms because he's a great player. But I, I don't know if he's. What do we win by? Like twenty five? Like he's not a twenty five point difference, guys. You're like you're you're lying to yourself if you think you're losing games because by twenty five because Kevin Herter didn't play. I, it, it's fine. It maybe maybe would have been closer. Certainly makes a difference. Definitely want him out there. I thought we, I thought we won handedly. Like we, we didn't, they didn't win by a Kevin Herter, right? Like we just, I don't just, think so. just pointing out that there's some flaws in the West that I, I don't think any of the teams are good. Like you know, you go on to Phoenix here, they traded all of their depth. They got no depth at all. 
KD, great player. Maybe he's healthy. CP3, maybe he's healthy. Booker, maybe he's healthy. It's a long, long journey to the finals. We just talked about all the the college teams that had to do this and, and all the stuff they went through. And you know, these guys are going to have to go through some ugly matchups here. The Clippers, the Paul George injury is is just devastating. And I know that like maybe he'll be back, but I, I think that that's over. That, that ship sailed. And unfortunately, that is really going to just slam shut the Clippers window. I don't know what happens at the end of this year. I think Kawhi's a free agent at the end of this year. And that's good. Good luck getting a feel on what you think is going to happen with that. So that's, that's, that's kind of scary. Go down the list here. All right, we're on the little Warriors now. Six seed. Now we're basically they're half a game out of the playing game here. I don't know what's going on with Wiggins. He's still not there. They're Peyton's back. I think that's great news for them. But there's there's just shaky storylines with every single one of these teams. I think you could do the same on the East, but I am way more worried about every single one beyond just Denver in in, in the West here. Are you are you seeing all this too? Like I'm 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 sold on. I'm I'm going on that the West is bad. I'm I'm in on that. Are, are you in on with it? Are you in on with me? I think you still have to be concerned about uh, about Denver, and I think you still have to be a little bit concerned about uh, about the Grizzlies now that John Moran's back, and they seem to be back on track. Uh, but I've definitely been very uh, distracted the past uh, few weeks with uh, with March Madness. So now that there's not all the madness going on, definitely going to be much more focused on NBA every night, and I'll be able to just like the Celtics, hoping to get really plugged in for this uh, stretch run before the playoffs. All right, one last sneaky thing here. Minnesota's been kind of sneaky good here. I, I, I kind of like what's going on over there. The the win the win last night was crazy with the the steal. Cat's back. Cat's back. Cat hits the three. I love I love the energy when Cat. There's there's times where I'm like, oh, this is great, man. The cat brings so much energy and he's just so good. And the other team is just, what do you what do you do with a guy that size that's shooting that well? And and then in the playoffs last year, I I can't I just can't get over it. Like it was none of that was there. It was it's like gonna take a lot. It was like almost an overfocus in the playoffs last year. He wasn't having fun. I like when he plays a little bit more loose. I think he shoots a little too much sometimes when he's loose, but I'd rather him do that than be like the super serious fake tough guy because he's just not that guy. He's, he's got to be loose out there. And the, the Conley mm-hmm. thing has been huge for them, just just huge. It's like there's an adult in the room now. Edwards has – this is it, man. This is this is the takeoff. The runway's cleared. It, it's your turn to fly, man. This, this is you. Top Gun's ready to take off. Just, just watch out. I think I think there could be, I think I think there could be a real rival here for for a guy like that. And I know this has been a wacky season, and they're still not the most sexy team. But I think there's going to be some really ugly playoff matchups, and, and a team that has a young star like Edwards and has two monster towers, it could be a disaster in the playoffs, or it could just screw up everybody else. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. All right. Uh, this has been a crazy podcast talking about so many different sports and things. And I don't think any of them were like filler stories either. Like there's some serious storylines going around with, with just about every one of these. Uh, but I think we got to wrap everything up uh, at this point. It, we'll be back next week, right? We'll hopefully get back oh, on yeah. a normal schedule. Sure will. Yeah, ready to go. Well, aren't you, aren't you going to be on the, the, the road next week? Yes, I will be. You're right. I uh, The plan is for me to be in Houston. So, no, we will not be on our normal schedule next week. Probably Tuesday. Uh, and that'll right be after, right, after the, right after the national championship. All right. So at least we'll have some some fresh reporting from fresh from the yes. <laughs> fresh from Houston on, on site. On I'm going I'm going I'm going to the source to make sure I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that UConn doesn't win. Whatever I got to do. All right, well, just as a heads up, don't plan on uh, next Monday, then. We'll be back next Tuesday, hopefully. It may, may have to wait a day or two. We'll see how Mr. Jetlag over here is saying all confident. Like, yeah, I'll be ready the next day. No problem. I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right, well, that's uh, fun to do a podcast again. Fun to talk about seven different sports. I hope Lamar Jackson is traded to the Patriots. I think that's going to be the only good news I'm going to take away from this podcast. Because other than that, it's just another reminder that, once again, I have failed to win the March Madness bet. The consequences continue to go on. I think the fans like it more when I lose, but I, I think they're getting tired of it, man. I, I think next year you just got to take it. You just got to stage it all. We'll, we'll get I the... Think I, already, I think I already staged enough for that for that backflip, and it, it destroyed me, so we're, I, I, think, I think it's safer when, it, when you have to do the punishments. Um, I'm going to make some hires. I'm going to get some of the, the best NFL script writers. Don't you worry. Next year, get a win victory. Just, just claiming it right now. Just lock it in. <laughs> you can have it all written out. It's going to be great. Uh, all right. Uh, 
How do you think the final four is going to play out? Did you make our? We didn't make any picks. Make your picks. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, San Diego State's going. I really like that. I kind of want to go San Diego State too. I, uh, I will go. Ah, God, I'll, I'll take uh, Miami over San Diego State. Uh, you got a you got a loser second place. Uh, yeah, I, I'll go the same. I, it, however, not UConn, right? Just so not UConn. Yeah, whatever, also, yeah, I don't even care which. Just don't let UConn win. This is this is all. Yeah. Just, like I'm gonna be the biggest Miami fan ever. Just don't let UConn win. I yeah. refuse to let it happen. The, the women's is, is like the era kind of closed for a second here, and now now we're gonna get the men come make some noise. Don't don't let it happen. Don't yeah, let it happen. Exactly. We're all hoping yeah. for it. None of us want to do it. Nobody wants to live in New England with another men's championship over here. I, I refuse uh. to have this happen to us. All right, we'll be back next week with hopefully some some, some better news and some, some live updates from in person. We'll be back. Column A, little column B.